Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Hey, everybody. Hey, Good is it morning. It is. It's Friday. It nice. is. Good. I know. It's like Monday when we got on the show. I was like, feels like Friday. Yeah. But you know, that's it. it that happens too. Um, those of you out there listening, when you don't have any kids at home, so you don't have to go based on school schedules and you just kind of like flow and you know, I we we work seven days a week. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't we, we like to celebrate the Friday with everybody else, but yeah. in reality it's not too different than the rest yeah. of the days. Well right? and, <laughs> yeah, and usually it's like, hey, it's Friday, what do you want to go do? It's like, oh, yeah. it's and and then I think it's Friday on Monday. Yeah. Crazy. That's part of it. Crazy. Um, uh, a couple of announcements. A couple of announcements. BHPH United starts Sunday. Yeah. Not too late to hop on a plane and get to yeah. Vegas. So I get was, involved in that. I was looking and seeing that um, uh, some of the principals that are our friends uh, are already there mm-hmm. and kind of getting all settled in and ready to ready to rock and roll. So that's going to be a really good thing if, if you guys um, are going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. Enjoy because yep. uh, we, we attended last year and it was really outstanding. Yep. And um, so far, we got uh, Florida and Texas in the house. Yes. Welcome. Good morning. And by the Tyler, way, for you George, Texas folks, right. you're going to want to make sure and uh, put Friday next Friday on your calendar. We got Jeff Martin, the new oh, yeah. CEO. Yeah, looking forward Former to that. executive director with Texas is now mm-hmm. the national CEO for the Independent Auto Dealers Association. So yeah. he'll be joining us next Friday. So. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, it'll be a good one. We like I, I think we said last time we both are huge fans of oh, Jeff. Yeah. He's he's just an outstanding guy and and uh, widely really loved and widely respected. loved and respected. Absolutely. And then um, right after the Buy Here, Payer United again is the Neo um, Summit, the user summit. And that That's is a Wednesday. free event for anyone that is a uh, a uh, current customer of Neo. If you're thinking about doing Neo, I would stop and talk to Naveen or Scott and see if you can just step in and, and watch some of it if you guys are sticking around an mm-hmm. extra day because it's the day following we were thinking that we we're going to be there and we're not um not yeah some family stuff has come up and so we're not going to be able to come but oh my goodness our our thoughts are going to be with you That's and right. i was like scott i'm going to need the recordings yeah yeah because yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of clients we really you. do we really do and and um, i'm always trying to learn yeah um yeah because i more texas we got more texas i know there's We've arizona got a lot good morning of texas and arizona stuff morning like that george here. and scottsdale yeah so um today's topic mm-hmm. Um, it's a big one. It's a big one. And it's one that it's just, uh, I am not someone that has two decades of experience in the, um, in the world of, uh, of buy here, pay here. Mm -hmm. And this has been one of the more difficult things for me to wrap my head around. Well, and you probably don't need to for mm-hmm. what you're doing, but I think um, it's an important subject. We're going to talk today about collateral recovery rate, one of the big numbers that you hear uh, referred to a lot in the industry. And I I've just find as somebody who has been around it a long time and works with numbers a lot that I've, I can't seem to nail down the formula. So, you know, I've got all these spreadsheets. And so we brought some actual slides from some spreadsheets that we work with, and I created a couple of graphs to be able to illustrate. So for mm-hmm. today, it's kind of just... Being transparent, getting um, the experts in here. We've got uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy Rambo from Spartan Financial in the wings, so he's going to kind of walk us through Should the we, like, the math. Hello, Jimmy. Come on in here, Jimmy. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. I'm gonna. Oh, I owe you an apology. 
right from the right from what the, was that? Because uh, when I posted all of the stuff, I um, I put the title from the one we did Wednesday, and so this I like okay, so I wake up at two o'clock in the morning this morning, and Jim's on his phone because the glow just wakes me up. I don't know, and I see him texting me, so I can see it in the morning. It says, "Honey." You put the wrong title. <laughs> I was like, darn it. Titles don't matter. It was actually the title of the show because we're so supposed to be talking about underwriting and compliance. <laughs> but well, um, was, yeah, So title, I fixed yeah. it this morning and I think that everyone knows that what, what Jimmy talks about and it was actually in the, the description. Of things. So it. I just, I'm sorry um, on that. So Your we're so happy to have you right. here. Your right. Your name is right. Yes. This, but we're not talking about underwriting this morning. We're talking yeah. about collateral. Oh, uh, yeah. So. And I at first pulled your picture from LinkedIn. You need to update that. Right. The yeah, that is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a couple years old. So, but I really like the one you've got on the website. Both so very handsome. Um, so Jimmy Rambo from Spartan Financial um, is um, the He's just give us your title. Okay, Jimmy. the senior. Well, I guess it changes day to day, but it's, um, it's I guess it's technically senior manager of asset based lending or commercial asset lending or, okay. or business development manager. I mean, yeah, whatever. no disrespect meant it. It's like I know I usually when we've got a question, you're like our first go to. So yeah. you know, um, at at Spartan because so, you yeah you you, uh, you you know all of the stuff that's happening there. So, yeah. So yeah. thanks for making time to talk, Jimmy. Yeah. We uh, yeah, do it. Yeah, mm -hmm. we know that you work with this number a lot. You work with dealers who are, you know, shopping financing, of course. And so they're going to, mm -hmm. uh, this will be a number that comes into play. Mm -hmm. So we want to talk through the whole thing of the, mm -hmm. why this number matters and how dealers who, even if you aren't shopping financing or looking to sell paper, yeah. it'd be an important number to know in your business. So yeah. I've actually got a couple of dealers. Yeah, who are we should bring in in the them in. Yay. Central Ohio. From, uh, they got the Wallmans. Uh, that's uh, Justin and Mike Wallman, their brothers in uh, in an operation that we're familiar with. And so yeah. we, we know from past conversations with, especially with Justin and myself, like running down these numbers, especially in certain software, mm -hmm. which we're not going to name any softwares here today, no. but we, we just know that it's easier in some than others. Mm -hmm. And I know that from conversation with Justin is like, Justin, you're, you're somebody who's just, you know, like a lot of dealers out there, like, you know, which numbers should I really be looking at? Right. So yeah. how do I know which numbers really are indicative of my portfolio performance? Like if I'm looking at the dashboard in my car, it's easy for me to see my speed, you know, yeah. or whatever, or, or, but, but I need to see like, which one is the oil pressure gauge, which one tells me <laughs> when the oil pressure is running low. So that's kind of the way I think about it, but go ahead, Justin. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for uh, having us on the show. We appreciate it. Uh, my brother, Mike here. Uh, Jimmy, pleasure to meet you. And as well. Jim and Michelle, always good to talk to you guys. And uh, um, yeah, I think it's just one of those types of metrics that I probably learned about a couple of years ago that um, it's it's good to kind of, you know, get get honed in on. Um, it changes, you know, it, it's, it's volatile sometimes, you know, and, uh, you know, back to what you said, Jim, I think like, knowing a little bit about everything is better than like really trying to, you know, grill down on one specific metric and then really get like into the weeds on, Hey, is this a, is this a full gauge of how my portfolio is performing? So I, I like to toggle back and forth onto, you know, multiple portfolio metrics, but um, yeah, I would like to learn a little bit more about it and exactly, uh, you know, how the banking institutions, um, how they really judge it and, you know, what could be determined by that. 
So I think, Jimmy, we got a chance, like with um, folks like Justin and some of our other dealers, <coughs> can simplify their dashboard. Because for me, and you got to have enough data for some of this, but like this collateral recovery rate number, this is a good one. If I were picking long range performance, something I could identify that's kind of measures my overall health of my portfolio. And I think when I look at that, there's a reason that that comes up in conversations with lenders. The number comes up in conversations mm -hmm. with would-be bulk buyers. It's like, why is that number important? Because um, it, what it does is measures the, the portfolio performance historically and tries to use that as some sort of projection. So why is it important to Spartan? Well, I think just kind of to start with it, like CRR or cloud recovery rate, lenders and people in the industry tend to like to use fancy terms or acronyms that sound complicated and, and, and just in simple terms, cloud recovery rate is, you know, as that portfolio liquidates, how much that liquidation came from principal collected. And right. that right there is just a good general performance measure to know how the portfolio is performing. Yeah. And I think um, we can show, if you'll show one of those, uh, I got a couple of <laughs> slides. So for those listening audibly, you know, this morning, you might want to find your way to the video eventually, but let's go to, this um oh jim's conversion there's jim's the top. conversion yep. okay so um justin this these are the kind of the numbers that you'll be familiar with yeah. based on the work that we did with you but for those who can see the screen those numbers in gold there jimmy are what i call conversion rates it's just the rate at which the portfolio has been converting and that i don't know if they can see it well enough but that what that measures is the last 12 months of metrics. So that first number that you see up there, I think it says 4.2%. Mm -hmm. That's just a rolling average of the last 12 months or the average of 12 months, the most recent 12 months for principal collected for a month as a percentage of the principal balance at the start of the month. So it just kind of the same thing as, as some of these other metrics, but it's basically just saying, okay, we might've collected 3.5% of our starting balance in month number one and 4.7 in the next month. But across 12 months, we've collected 4.2%. And this is an actual dealer's you know, spreadsheet, it's an actual client. <coughs> so said another way there is if that dealer opens the month with, I think that number says like 12.8 million in principle, then they could expect to collect about 4.2% of principal or in principle as a percentage of that opening balance. So what that lets me do is take those numbers and then create projections. You know, you can say, okay, if we continue to collect in the next 12 months in the way that we've collected in the last 12 months, this is kind of what our next year looks like, you know, in terms of cash flow. So I can see why it starts to become important for the folks who are looking to buy this portfolio or who are looking to lend against it, you know? And so these, as you said to me in our conversation leading up to the show, is like, you know, there's lots of different ways to get, get some numbers that are gonna be indicative of this um, performance, but it's like, yeah, you can go ahead and show formula number one. So <coughs> part of the problem though, Jimmy, the reason I invited you to the show in particular is because one of the things I see, and I would invite Justin and Mike to, you know, hop on um, Google and just do a search for what is the formula for collateral recovery rate. And I just find, I found in my case, it was, there was just hardly anything out there or what was out there was different. It seemed, they seemed to talk about it differently in other industries. 
And so it was just challenging to figure out, okay, so, what is the thing? So what, what this says, formula number one um, for collateral recovery rate or CRR, this is per industry news article. It's collected principle plus repo ACV slash um, FMV. Fair market value. Fair market value plus collected principle plus gross charge off principle. Yeah. So let me get a clarification from Jimmy before we move forward on this. So I think in, in the, uh, information you sent over, Jimmy, you were calling what you were calling um, liquidations would be the liquidation of the fair market value or the ACV of the repos. Right. So, I mean, the the principal collected is what it is. It's the principal you collected during that during that time period on those accounts. But then, like where you've got repo ACV, um, we would define kind of as liquidation proceeds, and you know that could be an ideal world for a calculation. That would be you know you go sell it at in auction, that's what it would be, but yeah, right. it's not, that's not how it works um, in practice. So what you would do, you would assign typically a wholesale value for that vehicle as you're as you're bringing it back in, um, like for example, Black Book, a Black Book wholesale, right. and you, you, you would credit um, you know, the, the proceeds for, for that value in there. Sure. So it would be the, the principal collected plus the liquidation proceeds. And again, just stopping right there to think about, so what does that mean? That's that's basically not not including the interest that we've generated. That is basically the cash that we've squeezed out of the portfolio across that period of time because we collect a certain amount of principal and we we recovered a certain amount of repos. And so this is where, you know, obviously in our industry, it gets a little consistent. Some wait till the repo is sold to to process mm -hmm. the thing and others will go ahead and assign a book value and put it back in a wholesale or repo inventory. So is that something that like different lenders will have, this is the way you do it? So Jimmy can better answer that. Yeah. Well, right. So when we're calculating it, we're going to do like when that, when that account either defaulted or repossessed, go ahead and, and you know, you charge it off, you go ahead and sign the, the value for it then because mm -hmm. that makes the calculation a little bit simpler because what makes probably there's why there's some inconsistencies here. Mm -hmm. It's like you really wanted to get real technical and make it correct. You know, you, you may sell that vehicle, you know, 45 days later, then you're going back and making all these adjustments to it. But you just go ahead and sign that, that wholesale value. Like it's it. like, so what I'm hearing you say is that <laughs> Spartan, um, like let's, let's do it immediately. Let's not yeah. wait. Let's do it immediately. Cause it's like as a snapshot, right this moment, this is what's happening. Right. There, there, there's less adjustments that have to be made to go back and put it in which period that actually happened. Okay. Well, the other thing I'll yeah, the yeah. other thing I like about that, Jimmy, is that it it, uh -huh. it basically forces or it facilitates some sort of uh, consistent policy with uh, processing charge-offs, right? So if mm -hmm. I do my charge-offs, every charge-off that's eligible, that meets the definition by the close of a calendar month, as an example, it gets charged off. Even if the car has not been sold or if it's still sitting in the back, you know, it's wrecked or whatever, I assign a value. I charge the account off. That makes my my charge off mm -hmm. policy or practices consistent. And cleaner. And, right, right. It's, exactly. It reduces one variable to the calculation and just helps it be consistent. That way, when you go back and compare, hey, March of this year to March of last year, you know you're doing everything in a kind of consistent manner versus is there some fluctuation in the calculation because I did it this way, this time, mm -hmm. this time, or this way? I, yeah. yeah. I can also see, I know one of um, Jim's, uh, when we've talked to different DMSs, it's like, I want to be able to close a month and have that month locked up. That month is closed. No one can go back and backdate or change whatever that, you know, any of, so that it's like a real true snapshot at this moment. 
of what it is that's happening with the portfolio because when you have the ability to go back and change the thing and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna shift the number that it's like whatever you pulled for the month before that's sitting on your desk it's no longer valid <laughs> very true yeah. yeah so it's something we kind of look at we spent a little time on that a few mm -hmm. weeks ago but it's, and we're still working away and we're getting some of the dms providers are coming forward to to kind of be responsive in terms of trying to create what it is where we're mm -hmm. suggesting that dealers need so that's good that's a nice step forward but i think with the crr thing you know there's there's some benefits and i think jimmy you know what you're looking for if you're looking at the last 12 months of of history if, if i'm in your shoes as a lender and i'm looking at a dealer's 12 months of history i would like to have enough consistency that i feel like if i loan money to this dealer that the next 12 months looks pretty mm -hmm. similar to the last 12 months correct right? and yeah. one thing we do as well too is like we look at kind of you know we, we track on a monthly basis but then for most of our like for for, for triggers or different things you're doing a three-month average because yeah. in one month they say some people may have different practices like at quarter end you may do charge-offs or some other thing but over three months that stuff should kind of level out yeah you had something that month in that could have carried over the next time if, right. if you start if you start doing three-month averages it, it all it, it levels it out more yeah and it it does and i'm actually that um i'll show you a chart if you want to load that up i'll show you a chart and, but i think in order you can look at the um the top line of this particular chart no the one that there's oh a, which one there's okay a, actually yeah. a chart in there okay <laughs> a, I need to have better instructions, Jim. Yeah. Okay, which one? Chart, uh, all spending or expenses? No, up there at the second Chart one. Chart of both. Okay. So it's what this of. graph shows is really that first, the top line is that that formula that we've looked at. We've got this other one that we'll talk about in just a minute, but that that's a 12-month rolling average, which is why the line looks so flat. Mm -hmm. Like it's just when you take your 12 months, obviously that's going to, you're not going to see the spikes. And so I think, Jimmy, when I hear you talk about the three month thing, which is perfectly appropriate, I just know that that also moves with tax refund season. You know, the seasonality is going to show up more, you know, with those kind of things. So you'll you'll allow for that some. And then if we go back to that um, other formula, let's go back to the one that the one. Yeah, formula. let's go back okay. to formula number two. See what see that oh. up there. Uh -huh, the I do. I've got it actually right here. We're going to add this to the stream right there. Okay. There you go. Cool. So this one is really the one that we want to try to verify. And I, th I, th I hope I've got it represented the way that you expressed it to me, Jimmy. So let's just, just walk through it. Like top line, the, the numerator up there is collected principal plus liquidation proceeds, which I'm describing as repo, Correct. actual cash value, or fair market value. That blue is kind of my own added definition for clarification, maybe uh, because I find that not everybody lenders and bankers talk yeah. in terms of liquidation right, numbers yeah. <laughs> and other numbers <laughs> but um the so the portfolio liquidation then on the bottom line in in my calculation was the beginning principle in the period so if we're measuring 12 months we'd go back to the beginning of that period uh, but just the principal balance in the portfolio at the beginning of the period plus new contracts minus the closing balance no you would um you don't include the the originations during the month mm -mm. Yeah. During that period, you, you you eliminate, you ignore those. It's just what, let's say for the month of March, put that portfolio, the accounts that are in that portfolio on March first, their uh -huh. balance at March thirty first. You you ignore all of the March originations. Ignore the originations. Okay, so if you're so, looking at what that portfolio at the beginning of the month, you know, at, at in the month, how did it, um, you know, what the liquidation was that month. 
Got it. Okay. So that means that we need to have you back on a future episode so that we can get the, the, the screen to re represent exactly what dealers need to have. And of course we'll, we'll create it and we'll share it in the comments with this. Yeah, and then I, I can even share some of the templates and stuff that we have too. Oh, yeah. yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, that would be good. And I just yeah. think, you know, that that's a, an important step because we can use that as a, as kind of a measuring stick. And then we can ask, you know, others, you know, if their formula differs a little bit, it's just, it's part of why, and it's part of why I invited, um, you know, Justin and Mike to be here is like, Justin and I worked through a lot of this stuff last year and working with them and their own metrics. It's like, it's challenging to figure out, of course, in their case, they're not out there shopping for a line of credit or any, or looking to sell any paper. They're just trying to look at the performance of their portfolio. And mm -hmm. I think what I was also help, trying to help Justin create is a roll forward that says kind of what we said earlier, which is if, if we continue to perform at this rate, this is what we can expect in terms of yield on the portfolio. And it's typically cash. Right. It's like what kind of cash yield can we expect on the portfolio in the coming, you know, 12 and 24 months or whatever we want to kind of uh, extrapolate. So I think it's a really important thing for dealers to understand, even if they're like, say, if they're not looking to sell paper or shopping financing, it's still a metric. Like if I were to pick two numbers, Jimmy, I'd be looking at a weekly collection efficiency. So that'd be my weekly number. And then on, on the monthly, I'd be looking at this collateral recovery rate. So we just got to kind of get that formula right. And I agree because like uh, the CR, it kind of leads you in kind of three different ways. Um, like particularly like if it's lower than what you're expecting, you know, you start asking how are my collections, you know, how are collections going? You know, am I having early defaults? Because early defaults are going to be the, the hot, the, the primary contribution to the lower okay. CRR. And then, and then you get into even the, the, mar the markup of the vehicle because that, that markup and early defaults are going to lead to the, um, the severity or, because the, the inverse of not recovery rate is what a lender would call loss to liquidation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you, and that's where you look at the severity of the losses. So, as you have early defaults or you have defaults with higher markups, they're going to impact that CR. <coughs> right. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah. We can certainly, uh, we could do a whole episode on severity versus frequency or whatever those numbers are. But it's like, I think for our typical, you know, uh, listener, I would just say, whatever you might recommend it sound like a three month rolling average is, is something that, or a three month window you'd be measuring. Right. We, we, we like tracking it on month, month by month basis, but then we like using three month averages because that, that does um, sure. smooth out some of that. And if we, we found if you wait too long with it, six or 12 months, then you're being too reactive to it. And you can't make adjustments or start asking questions or until it's, it's, it's too late. Very good. So, so that, that month is, is a good time frame. So I, I'm, I'm bringing this back up because there's so that those that are, that are listening that this is this is what Spartan uses. They don't use the month of that that same month. Of, well, they do measure yeah. the most recent month. Yeah. They just they just bring in a three month rolling average of the most okay. recent three months. Right. Well, okay. yeah, we look at it on a monthly basis, but then you're doing three month averages. Yeah. So so that so again for anybody looking at the screen, this this formula is incorrect like we've got to make some adjustments and we'll bring that back we'll put it in the mm -hmm. comments for okay. all the threads out there on where the morning show appears but it's like this is why i think jimmy like i've been at this 20 plus years and i've been a numbers guy the whole time and i've been working with dealers and we do these we do the conversion numbers that you see because again i'm not trying to be a banker over here but mm -hmm. i am trying to help the dealer look at a, a projection 
on what their performance, you know, their historic performance, if we extrapolate that going forward, then that helps them know, you know, from a budgeting standpoint, how many cars can I <laughs> buy this coming month or whatever? Like what, what's my, what's my cash yield look like? So this is why we kind of drill down. And so this is part of what the fun has been for Michelle and me in the morning show. It's just, you know, let's get all the people together and let's sort this stuff out because I find dealers out there just all over the place and struggling and, they, they don't know. Cause gosh, if I've been doing this 20 years, you know, and I can't seem to pin it down. And, and, and the, the article that I referred to that first formula, that's from an article, it's 15 years old. But if I search Google for what is the formula right. for collateral recovery, that's the most relevant thing I came up with. So that's an indication like of a problem. Mm -hmm. So we think going forward, when people search, how do I calculate collateral recovery rate? They're going to find the buy here, pay your morning show. With Jimmy <laughs> Rambo, and then they're going to have the real. And then they want to watch episode two <laughs> yeah. where we actually have the formula yeah. corrected and, and yeah, yeah working. Yeah. So, there's, there's so many kind of nuances that make it kind of complicated too, like, and that make it difficult um, to sometimes to calculate for saying unwind that happened over a month in, yeah. or either you backdated a payment. Yeah. So that's where you have to kind of try to find either just trying to find a way to stay consistent with it because then yeah. as you start trying to backdate payments and stuff, it can all of a sudden throw um, I'm, like your wrench into the close the month and lock it up tight. <laughs> I can tell you based on past comments that if, if a certain CPA in Houston was your accountant and you were unwinding deals from a prior calendar period, you'd be it risk of assassination she, i'm just telling you I, I i just said she did i say she okay oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, so. they, they seem to go over like a ton of bricks yeah yeah well and justin knows we've been through it kind of with their data they're like you know you can kind of chase your tail a little bit on this and that's just frustrating like that's not where dealers need to be they mm -hmm. need to be out there doing the other parts of their business so mm -hmm. this is why we've kind of started to take some of these things to social media in terms of you know how can we help dealers be able to print a button, you know, run a button when they close the month of April, you know, on May 1st, walk in the door and run a report that mm -hmm. they can trust and that can produce what it is we're talking about because Jimmy, it's 2023 and we don't have that stuff for dealers. I'm like, what's going on? Why can't we get, the, why can't we make this easier? Cause you've seen it. You work with a lot of different DMSs and it's like, it's more challenging to get to those numbers with some, we see some software washing the sales tax with principal and right. some of them, some of them wash all their wholesale transactions inside the principal. It's like, you know, come on, let's make this easier for dealers, you know, and, and not to mention their, their consultant advisor over here is trying to run numbers. Right. We have, we have the same conversations internally about it. Yeah. Good. Well, let us help. I mean, we yeah. just, we're happy to just kind of lend the voice to the thing and try to bring people to the microphones and let's start talking about this and sorting it out. That's the biggest thing we're trying to do over here. Well, then that's kind of one of the things we started was a dealer action committee um, right. um, forum. And we started with um, the first thing was being able to print off your yeah, I need to send that to you, yeah. Jimmy and Justin. You guys, I would love to have your feedback because what, what yeah. we basically asked for in that report was that every DMS would create for us a report. And we're, we're basically the way we're going about that is we're, we're asking dealers to verify that this would be a, a beneficial report for them. Then we're asking them, would you would you be willing to sign a petition? I don't love the word, but I don't have a better one. It's like, would yeah. you sign off saying that this is something you'd love to have? And then we're going to send that to NIADA and ask them to send it to the DMS providers and request this on our behalf to, so that report is just, just a reconciliation of all the principal in a calendar period. Yeah. Open yeah. the principal with this, you know, 
added this new <laughs> Justin understands because this is said, something we've talked about. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. I mean, you know, the thing about it is, is you know, some of these DMSs will allow you to do it. It's just very robust, and you almost have to know. We, we've even had to outsource and hire other people just to build the reports inside our DMS. Yeah. And, and so some of them are capable of doing it. It's just you know, can how how did you do it? You know, and that and even Mike has has been there where we you know, and you're also you you made a good point to the consistency. You know, some dealer does it a different way. Well, even though if they build out a certain report, well, that doesn't match that other dealer's way of doing business. So now they're mm -hmm. having to tweak those types of things. So it's a little complicated. But um, what I've noticed is because of the robust platform, if if you can kind of get in there. Um, it's, it's amazing on some of what we'll do. It's just, how do you do it? <laughs> yeah. so, so what we're trying to do is like, yeah. it's a standard. Press the button. <laughs> this yeah. is the thing, collateral recovery rate. This is, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, and we can get there, Jimmy. We just keep kind of keep moving mm -hmm. forward and taking bites of it. I think, you know, people who know me know I'm as patient as anybody that they mm -hmm. know. However, I'm getting older and crankier. <laughs> and I'm, I'm running out of patience. <laughs> This stuff. I'm saying, let's fix this stuff. Yeah. I'm patient till I'm not. You're what? I'm patient till I'm not. So yeah, you're not. Yeah, I I, you. And as we get to know you even better, it's like, okay, where's that? Yeah. <laughs> and I think for viewers out there too, and, and Jimmy, maybe you can uh, chime in on this, but the way that Mike and I were discussing prior to coming on mm -hmm. um, to simplify it for everybody is basically in terms of collateral recovery, it's the dollar amount that I collected into what I could have collected, right? I mean, it's, it's basically your 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 principal and your your like your repo proceeds on your principal right. that you collected and and the gross charge off. So it's like what I collected into what I could have collected. Yeah, it is for every dollar you originated, for every principal dollar you originated, how much did you get back? Back, yeah. So that's kind of how we how we kind of you know view it that way too. So and you can see why that becomes interesting to somebody who's looking to buy a paper. Like yeah, they want to know, okay, this is what it's historically done. And this is, you mm -hmm. know, what we can expect to create in terms of interest earnings or, you know, interest collections and so on. So it's, it's why it's, it's important. And it's like, we always say to dealers, look, you may have no thoughts of exiting. You may have no thoughts of recapitalizing your business. We still think this is an important number for you to track in terms of just being consistent with the industry having a performance metric that you can feel sure that if circumstances change and you were looking at liquidating some paper or, or securing a line of credit, then you'd have some history of knowing and, and hopefully improving that number as you go. Because I think, Jimmy, if I were to guess, you don't probably show up at a lot of dealerships when you're working with a new dealer who's, you know, a year in business. They, they probably don't have this number that they, they print off and hand to you very often. Right. Right. They do not. You guys, and it's just such a good measure of whether you're with a lender or not, just because it does kind of give you how the performance or the health of the portfolio yeah. or it just lets you ask so many questions within or evaluate things within your own dealership about, hey, mm -hmm. you know, what's causing this? Because you either compare it to what you've done historically, you start tracking information or either some an industry benchmark just to mm -hmm. kind of see where we are. What could I be doing? What can I be doing different? What can I improve on? Of course. Are we where we are? What yeah. are those numbers, Jimmy? If uh, you know, just that sweet spot or that industry ben benchmark, uh, what are you guys looking for typically? It, it totally depends because it all a little bit on the on the on the model. What we found is like um, even within kind of our own portfolio, the, um, the average is 
around 70. Mm-hmm. And we, most we tend to see are mid high 60s to to mid 70s. Um, but I mean, and occasionally you do see some above that. And, and frankly, you do see some b- below that. And when we start shopping below that, that, that 65, it starts getting into below 60. Then you start asking questions. Hey, are you having early defaults or what mm-hmm. about the markup of the vehicle? How are your collection efforts? Um, so would, would you say then, cause and we, we talk to dealers all the time, discovery visits, whatever. It's like, what are the KPIs? And so like to say in the mid seventies or in the seventies, if you've got your collateral recovery rate in there, then you're doing okay. You're, you're doing okay with that, with that. If you number. got the formula right. If you yeah, got the yeah. formula right. <laughs> that's a big thing. Well, that's yeah. why I say, you know, those yeah. two charts, it shows, <laughs> depending on what your formula is, that number is going to look a lot different. And neither one's wrong. They're both correct calculations. They're just measuring different things. And right. so I think we just got to mm-hmm. be careful. And this is why, you know, we want apples to apples. And so um, mm-hmm. maybe we can find a date in June. We kind of got our May calendar planned we're out. Collections. For, uh, we're talking collections throughout yeah. the month of May. Hey, Jimmy, do you got anything with uh, when you guys are lending that are kind of like, oh, collections? This is something I wish people knew. Um, I think just, just as a general concept, is just you know, treat that consumer like a person. You start from there. Um, right on. Which means having that approach. That leads to the big. Big, like general, like yeah, philosophy, yeah. not anything kind of that's a white hat way thing, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so. Mike, did you have some or uh, Justin? I have a question. So, I know it's a way to judge early defaults, and if you start seeing, um, you know, the collateral recovery rate precipitously dropping, um, what about I, I have a thing that always kind of like triggers in my head is some of these car prices, right? Um, so I, I know a lot of dealers are trying to find larger grosses. So I know there's a lot of different variables, but to keep things constant and just assume that it's just kind of regular course of business with dealers having to price their cars a little higher, have you found that even even when you write that principal balance off, even though you're liquidating the metal, you would say, well, that, that would be worth more too. So it should bring more proceeds in, but do you find that being commensurable? Like, you know, we all had to kind of raise our prices. And so now we're going to have higher gross charge offs. Mm-hmm. Well, that car now technically should bring more money at the repo sale or assigned a higher fair market value. Are you finding it where it's it's just not quite commensurable and, and then therefore the collateral recovery rate has just kind of gone downward? Well, right now, what kind of the challenge is, is where particularly those ones you originated third or fourth quarter last year when yeah. vehicle prices were, were at kind of the peak and as they started to come down. That's increasing that se- severity there. Yeah. Where you may have wanted yeah. to gross up, but then Boom. that liquidation value has gone down. And that, right, because we can look challenge. at it like it's early defaults. You could look at it, well, defaults a default, but we could also look at it like we were all forced in this higher, you know, pricing zone, and therefore we had a assign it a higher retail price, which therefore can cause a higher principal charge off. And so it's kind of like, and you know, Jim, we could easily manipulate some of these things where you price the car lower where now your charge costs are lower and you know things like that but i was just kind of curious as it uh you know pertain to the, the the collateral itself you know assuming everything kind of remains steady where you have your regular default percentage and your, your early defaults are not at a huge spike but because of the price the cars have led us into a certain range how is that correlated to collateral recovery when you go to liquidate the metal because 
I, you know, it wholesale prices may have dropped, you know, raised 40 or 50%, but you know, sometimes when we go to sell it at the repo sale, it's still pretty damaged. It's still not bringing the mess, the best dollar, but your principal balance over here is still huge. Yeah. And that's what negatively impacted that. that yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a challenge for our industry all the way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we've got dealers out there. We, that, that dealer that I showed the charge from, we've got like six or seven years worth of history with that particular dealer. So obviously we've got some numbers that are BC, like before COVID. So you've right. got all that, you know? And so yeah. I think this is why Justin, you, you would want to see that. Like if I'm a business, regardless of my liquidation strategy, extra strategy, whatever, it's like, if I can, if I can see and, and track, then I can better make decisions on all those things you're talking about because yeah. other dealers would have similar tracks in terms of, margins and price and terms and all these kind of things. But that's why I say, I, th I think the, the first thing is just to start tracking it, go back historically as far as you can go. But even before that, we all need that report from our DMS. that will tell us what all the principal movement was in our portfolio. So this is why, can I count on you and Mike to sign the petition? Can I get your okay right now? To, there's I got a thumbs up. Yeah. Even you, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. No pressure, no pressure. <laughs> I just want to see. No, it's friendly pressure. Yeah, I just want the deal to be able to, uh, you know, um, print that report first yeah. thing on the close of the month and say, this is how much my principal was at the start of the month. This is how much principal we collected and, you know, and active receivables. And so, and you get the yeah. idea, it's just reconciles. It just balances. We know where all the money moved in and out of that portfolio, which is the largest asset in most dealers' businesses. I just think I, I'm, I'm happy to ask nicely um, I always, mm -hmm. I'm always a nice guy at the start, you know, so it's like, um, yeah. it's like Jimmy, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Till I'm not. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's like we, yeah. I think it's just time to kind of try to solve some of this stuff for dealers. And, mm -hmm. and uh, so I just, I look forward to that. And, and I just picked up two new signatures today. So we're making progress. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. No, it's all good. We can let folks go. Thank I think, you uh, so much for joining us, you guys. Yeah. I really, really Thank appreciate you. it. Um, Jimmy, we just, uh, we appreciate your support and willingness to come on. Mike and Justin, thank you for your insight and yeah. your your questions. And, and I think right. that when we bring experts on, I kind of like the idea of bringing a couple of dealers so that they can start asking questions as yeah, well. I, I think like this as well. Yeah, yeah it makes sure appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Michelle. All right. Look um, for, if look you guys for a wanna... sequel to this in June. So we'll come back and talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we will do yeah. that. Um, uh, do you guys want to stick around for just a second? And then we will say proper goodbye after we've closed everything up. If you have a minute. Okay. Yeah, good. All right. Thanks. thanks. Okay. Well, that was, that was good. That was, um, uh, we need to get those graphs changed a little yeah, bit. So it's, cleaned, it's up, so. Um, cleaned up, but I think yeah. that we got a good start on helping people understand what that is and helping me understand what that is. Well, um, the new and as we say with the white hat thing, this is not a white hat Wednesday, but you know, this is how transparency looks. You just yeah. get out there and talk about it and figure it out together. So, <laughs> All right, guys, have Thanks, a great folks. rest of your weekend. Yeah. Enjoy the weekend. And we'll, we'll see, see you Monday. all on Monday. Thanks Collections so much. Collections in May. <laughs>